0: Thing, why do you worry about the rest? Well, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spend, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow, going into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink or drink. Do not worry about it. for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Before we get into a few um, practicals and a few points about why we shouldn't worry, I want us to stop for a second and obey the scripture. Jesus talking to the crowds, and he says to them twice in verse 24 and verse 27, he says, consider. And this word consider means to notice, to observe something very carefully, to look at it, to reflect on it, to contemplate something. And he says twice, don't worry. He says two things. First thing, consider the ravens. I think this is what Jesus was talking about. I think, oh, sorry, that's the wrong raven. I told you Jesus was a raven. But that's not what he's talking about. Jesus was from Baltimore. But he does say, let's stop for a second. And and I think there's something very profound about this. Jesus says, consider the ravens. And it's not just ravens. Some say wild birds or other birds. But I think he was trying to get the everyone to stop for a minute. We're talking about all these things. And he says, stop contemplate. Look at the birds. You see them, whether it's green, whether it's winter. But yet, they're taken care of. I go out sometime and pray and it's freezing outside, but yet they're taken care of. And I look and think, I think God is saying, stop for a second. And the and the ravens, these were considered in the ravens and hawks and owls and the old testament, these were considered dirty, filthy birds in which the people could not eat. But he says, Look at them. If God can take care of something that's unclean, surely he can take care of you. And I think there's a sense he's saying, look, when you walk around and you look, and you look in the air, if God is taking care of these things in creation. Why are you worrying? Aren't you worth more than a bird to God? And I do believe that there is a sense he's saying, stop and consider. And even when we go out and we're praying and we look, it's like, but how about my life? And how about what is it going to do? And look at the birds. And allow the birds to bring you a sense of peace, like God is in control, He knows what you need. But you're more valuable to him than a bird, calm down, it's going to be okay. But then he says, goes on, he says, so this is about life and what you eat. Birds always eat. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying here, well, don't work, don't do anything. Even birds got to do a little effort to go get the worm. So don't think, well, I'm a Christian. That's right, I've been waiting for this. Throw it all off. God, feed me. He says, no, you got to do something, but he'll provide for you. But then he also says about clothing, Says, consider, he says, consider the flowers. He says in Solomon, and all his money, all his splendor, he couldn't dress up something as beautiful as a flower. So when we think about things in our life, about what, what am I going to eat and whether this is going to happen and how it's going to work, look at nature and says, if God can take care of those things, and he loves you so much more, it's an argument from, the le- the, what is from less to greater, greater to less, but it's, if he'll take care of this less, and you're greater, how much more will he take care of you? So when we pray, and we're worried, we feel like, man, it's just so much, just go outside. And look around and say, man, God will be faithful. That's here today, God, I'm like, look how beautiful that is. He says, he'll take care of you. And I think that's what he wanted him to, to, just settle down. I mean, so us us probably worrying about something right now. And God is saying, just... Consider creation, and it points you back to God. He says, "That's how much I love you. You are more valuable than those. He'll take care of you." And I read that, and I thought, "Man, that's good for my heart to know." And how many times I've gone outside in the midst of some challenging times, and I just looked around. And I thought, "Man, it's going to be okay. God is faithful." But I want to look at a few reasons why we should why we shouldn't worry. You think this would be helpful a little bit? Any of us need some reasons why not to worry? That's right. Yeah, 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 amen. We just talked yesterday, don't worry. As the Bible, don't be afraid, little flock. (laughs) That's what he says right here, but we're connected, you don't know, we're connected. We're a family. But then Jesus says right here, listen to this. He says in verse 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. You know, my first point here is, I got a few. Just I'm going to kind of go through these. One of the things why we shouldn't worry, worry removes the God factor. And he says, "Don't worry about your life. Life is more important." Listen to this. I know what you're going. To, I know how your mind is going to go. You're going to be like, "No, but you can't live without food." But life is more important than food, the body, and clothing. I want you to think about it. Your life is more important important than food, body, and food. Jesus is look, look, the key thing is not all these things, but the key thing is your life is more important. And we worry about all these things, but no, no, but I got to eat, but your life in the eyes of God is more important than all of these things. We worry about so many things, and is food necessary? Yes, but your life and your soul is more important than all of those things. The key thing in all of this is am I right with God? I think he was like, look, your life is more important than all these things. And sometimes we move; we can lose perspective. But I got this again. Well, no. Your life is more important. Are you right with God? And I wonder if even people say, but if you want to worry, he's saying you're going to worry, worry about your, how your life and your spiritual are going. Your eternal soul should be your main concern. Of all the things, well, this, that, your soul. Your spiritual, your life is more important than all of these things. Someone says, but yes, but I'm going to starve to death. And Jesus probably say, you will starve to death, but you'll be with me in heaven. What's more important, you got food or being with God in heaven. Just perspective here. But I'm freezing, I'm cold, I need clothes. Well, it's better to be freezing and cold than later on to be hot because you're not right with God. It's all perspective. And I'm not saying it's not, hey, we don't need these things, but I think sometimes we got to have the God factor. What is most important? Because when we worry, we remove the most important thing. The most important thing is our relationship with God. So he's saying, don't worry about money, don't worry about clothes, don't worry about food, because, yeah, we need these things, but the core concern more than anything else is, am I right with God? Point number two. like that one, right? That was quick. You like when it goes quick like that? It goes quick because there's a few. Let's keep reading here. For life, verse 23. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. When we worry, it removes the God fact that God, the most important thing is God. And it goes on, and he talks about, consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? My next one, and Matt will love this because they all are very similar. Worry is really futile. It's, It's in vain. Worry is really, it's actually pointless. You know, he says, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And he's talking, he says, I think he's saying, like, look, what's the point of it? Actually... That's not true. In reality, it's not just it does nothing. It actually does do something. It actually does more harm to us than it does good. And I read this. It says, because we don't worry. You ever worry and then you you feel like you got more hours added to your life? Did that ever happen? I worried. It was great. I got more hours. It doesn't change anything. Really, if you worry and you don't worry, the situations don't change. But what does change is your, I read this article about it changes your health, Worry leads to high blood pressure. Upset stomachs, ulcers, acid reflux, anxiety, increased rapid heartbeat, and heart palpitations, I'm not a doctor. Panic attacks, cardiovascular problems, increased in blood sugar levels, irritable bowel problems, backaches, t- tensions, headaches, migraines, sleep problems, chronic fatigue syndrome, Respiratory problems, heavy breathing, worsening of skin conditions such as eczema. Worry does more harm than it does good. It doesn't change. He's like, look, why are you worrying? It doesn't add anything to your life. Why worry? I've never met a person who come up to me and say, bro, I worried. And it was awesome. I'm so excited about worrying. You should try some of that. I've never met anybody that way. Have you met someone that says, hey, man, I want to come and worry with you? <laughs> Why? Because it really is futile. It doesn't really do much. It does more harm. And actually bringing people into your worry, now they're worried with you, now you both got high blood pressure. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have problems. I'm not saying that we neglect real things in life. But worrying about those things, it just doesn't change it. But I think it does more than not change it. You know, it has been, let me go back, it has been estimated that 40% of our worries are about things that will never happen. You realize that most things we worry about, but what if what, and this could happen, and I could park here, and somebody could rob me, and beat me, and take my car, and it could happen. But you worry, but maybe it'll never happen. But we worry, we worry about things 30% 30% of our worries concern things that are past that we can't change. But this happened in the past, but you can't go back and change it, and we keep worrying about it. We worry. 12% of worries are needless worries about our health. 10% are petty, miscellaneous worries, and about 8% deal with legitimate issues. So 8% of the worries that we worry about are probably legitimate. 92% of our worry has no ground or base. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, but worry does something else. And Jesus says here, it's, not only does it remove God, because it puts the focus on you, and you're not thinking about the, the bigger picture. Not only does when we worry, it's, you know, it really doesn't change anything. It actually, it hurts us more than it does help. But it says something here, that I, worry in verse 28. He says, Consider how the flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown to the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little what? You know what worry does? It reduces your faith. So it takes your eyes off of God. It really does more to hurt you than help you because it doesn't change anything. But nothing reduces your faith. Jesus is saying to them, he says, Look, you're out there worrying, but what's happening is be- the reason why you worry is because you lack faith. It is obvious probably that some of his disciples, as they're hearing things, they're beginning to worry. Because he wouldn't say, you have a little faith, if they weren't beginning to worry. When was the last time we taught someone says, you're worrying, it's because you're faithless. And we come back, well, no, you just don't understand. But I mean, we try to complicate it. Worry is sin. It's not trusting in God. It's, well, I'm, but you don't understand. But do you know who God is? Have you, remember the God factor? I've removed the God factor because i got to worry. But worry, what it does, it, it, it reduces your faith. The Bible says that, and here's how I wrestle through this. like, well, How does it reduce your faith? Because the Bible says that we are to live by faith, not by what? Hebrews 11, 1 talks about faith as this assurance and confidence and what we hope for and what we do not see. When we worry, you know what we do? We put more faith in what we see than in the God we don't see. So it reduces, well, I don't want to believe in God. I want to believe in what I see. This is more important. So when we worry, it reduces our faith. It weakens our faith in God, and it strengthens our faith in what we do see. So every time when we give in to worry, we give in to this anxiety, and, and I'm sure I know you hear me. I'm sure there's some anxiety things, that some medical things. I'm not talking about that, okay? But I think when we give in, and we just give in, and we just get down and depressed, and we give in because our situations won't change. I'm not sure how the bill's going to make it, and look at this. I don't think that's, that's, we, our faith is being reduced. How many of us have been through situations before and you thought there's no way out and God delivered you? How many of us, and I've been here numerous times, have been to points where we're like, at the end of the month what needs to come out of your account and what's in your account ain't matching up? And you start fretting, losing your mind, like, how are we going to do this? But yet you're still here. Some way, somehow, God intervened. You probably didn't give credit to God. You probably think it just worked out. But in some way, somehow, it worked out. And you thought, oh, my goodness, how many of us, our health, we're like, whoa, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. But yet we're still here. Those times should increase your faith. But sometimes you think, thinking, oh, it just happened. And next time the same situation come in. And instead of saying, God delivered me before, he'll do it again. We think, oh, no, here we go again. Because worry, it only reduces your faith. We should be as like a congregation and people are like, hey, I've been through that before. Let me tell you how God delivered me, how he healed me, how he protected me. And my faith in God is so much richer and stronger because I have seen the power of God. That's how it should be. We're like, hey, I've been through it. I can help you to not worry but have faith. Yet, when we don't see the God factor, what happens, that same thing comes up again. Oh, man. God, what are you... Oh, my goodness, I can't... It reduces your faith. And what happens is, over time, your faith is either strengthening or it's being reduced. It never stays the same. We don't have a stagnant faith. It's either growing or it's decreasing. So worry as a result of your faith. So when we worry, we ask, where is my faith in God and the power of God? Let's keep going. Verse 30. You know, in verse, in verse 29, it says, you have little faith, and do not set your heart on what you will drink. Do not worry about it. Why? For the pagan world runs after all such things. Try trying to get my R's in peace. Now Matt thinks. When we worry, it resembles the pagans. He says, when you worry, he says, this is what pagans are like. This is what those, this is what unbelievers are like. They worry because they're trying to accumulate, get more and more. They worry about how can I get more and how can I hold on what I got. When we worry, we look just like pagans. Next time you go through worry, you're like, man, I'm supposed to be a believer. Why am I responding like a pagan? The pagan slogan. With the stick, He who dies with most toys wins. That's kind of this. I got in this world. Is, I got to get all in this world. I got to accumulate more. I got to get the biggest, the best, the nicest gadgets. And they worry more and more and more. When we worry as disciples of Christ, we are just like pagans. We mimic the pagan world. Pagans run after these things. We have greater treasure. Our treasure is not of this world. We have eternal treasure. So if we give in to worry and and how, and I'm down, and I'm, and I'm discouraged because I didn't get what I want, I've lost hope. We're just like the pagan world. So worry, it resembles the faithless. You have a little faith, the Bible says. We cannot give in to worry. Worry is sin. Have I lost anybody? And I think that when we go this, I think it hits hits home for all of us because I think that we tend to, the first reaction is we don't go to God all the time. I wish I could say every first action I have is let me go to prayer. I let it drift. It goes in my mind. I feel things, and then I go and pray. My first reaction is always like, man, let me go to God. But I realize God is so faithful, and we are to be different. In this passage, it says, For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows what knows you need them. That's where the faith comes in. As disciples, don't you know that every need that you have, God knows? Do you realize that? Sometimes we, don't, we, we think, God doesn't know. God knows what you need. Sometimes he doesn't give it to you because it'll hurt your faith. But no, oh, I need this. No, no, no. You need to go through this so you can get stronger faith we got to trust God in those areas. In the midst of it, it says right here, seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So what does it mean? Does it mean because you come to church you'll get all these things? I wish. Well, because I go to church, I'm supposed to have this and that? No. He'll make sure your soul is right. He'll help your heart. He'll make sure you're, that the things that you need for life and godliness are there. But it says seek first his kingdom. These things, what things? Clothes, You know, I don't... Last I checked... All of us got clothes. Now, you might not have the clothes you want to have, but you got clothes. How big is this? we complain, I want more clothes. You got clothes. I got a pair of shoes, but they're just, but you got a pair of shoes, you said. So God has provided. You know what you need. You got shoes. But my pants got holes. But you got pants. Stop complaining. But I wear the same ones every day. Some people have none. Oh, perspective. God knows what you need. He takes care of it. You know, it's the same way. I remember going to the refrigerator. I'm like, Man. I remember we we had bread. You ever, you, ever, you ever go to the refrigerator, and I know it's crazy, and it gets to a point where you don't have anything, and all you have is, like, ketchup and mayonnaise? Have you been there before? And then, like, bread, and you're thinking, God knows what I need. He's going to take care of me. But the weird thing is you go back to the refrigerator, like, over and over, like, as if it's going to appear. You ever do that? You're like, oh, what's still empty. You go back. I've been through, you know, that was just a, that was life. But God is taking care of me. You know, God knows my needs. And sometimes you're like, I just gotta go pray. And there's been times where it's been tough and I, and I will walk around so much, hey bro, you, I am hungry. Get I up, You know? But God, not that I've been, you know, and I know people have it a lot worse than that. So, you may hear that like, bro, you don't even know what it means. And you're probably right. But the call to have faith, not to look like a pagan, still stands no matter if you're poor or whether you're wealthy. It doesn't change. We can't resemble the pagan world. I have two more here. I'm done. Verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock. That's talking about Josh. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus says to them, look, I know you're afraid. I know you lack faith, but he says, do not be afraid. You know something else that worry does? Worry resurfaces your fears. Jesus says to the disciples who have given up everything, if you read the Gospels, they step out of the boats and they just follow Jesus you can imagine walking with Jesus, and you're hearing him talking about material possession, thinking like, I've given him everything to follow you. I've left the boat, my career, my family. I'm not saying that God says to go do this, but I think it's a heart issue, okay? they give them him everything, and they're walking, and he's talking. is like in Luke 9, it says, you know, you don't have a place to lay your head. And like, we don't. We're just going. I don't know where their clothes are coming from. Maybe they are washing them in the water, and the Sea of Galilee, they're putting them back on. But you can imagine... There's a point of fear that starts to resurface in their hearts. We, get, we have given up everything. And you don't seem to value these things that we've given up. So you can imagine as I would and you would. There's a fear of, well, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to take care of my family? At least we know Peter had a wife. So we're like, who's going to do this? And he's like, look, don't be afraid. Fear is why we worry, because we fear that we won't, we're not going to be taken care of. We fear that God is not thinking about us the way we, because surely we think about ourselves better than God does. That's how we think. Well, if I can't do it, we th- I got to do it because I don't can't trust God. And if you don't have a job, go get a job. Don't just sit there and be like, hey, God will provide. No, put an application, go do your part. But fear, but I think worry, it resurfaces your fear. Six chapters later, God talks to his disciples, and I think they... I don't think they just grasped it so quickly. He had to go back and say, look, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in, the, in this age and the age to come eternal life. Jesus had to keep reassuring his disciples, don't be afraid. Don't give in to fear. God loves you. He'll take care of you. Look at Just go back and look at the birds. It's going to be okay. I think we need that sometimes too. Fear is a powerful thing. Fear, when it resurfaces in our hearts, it'll cause us to do things that we think, why did I do that? And deep down inside, because I was afraid that my needs wouldn't get met. I was afraid that God wouldn't come through and we give in. You know, the Bible says, you know, worry, what it does, it does resurface our fears. And it goes on as passages, it says, do not fear a little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. It says little flock, it means he talks with you, you're fragile. God knows we're fragile. He knows that about every one of us. You're fragile and we get hurt so quickly. He knows that. It's good to, for you to know that he knows that. So that when you're going through things, I'm so fragile. He knows that. So he says, look, I'll take care of my flock. I'll take care of you. Just put your trust in God. Then he says, he goes on, he says, he was pleased to give you his kingdom. I don't know where I'm at by nose, but you, you, you guys get the point. In this kingdom, and God's, what is he giving you? He's giving you full inheritance that comes in this kingdom. Full attention. Think about this. If you're in God's kingdom, he gives your child, you get his ultimate, you get his attention. When the child talks to the father, he hears you. Don't worry, God hears you, he sees you. He knows exactly what you're going through right now in your life, in your marriage, in school, in your relationships, deep down in your heart, in your emotions. He's your father. He knows you have his attention. He's not neglecting you. Don't be afraid. You have, you're part of the royal family of God. You have full privilege alongside alongside his son. you got the privileges of, you have the kingdom of God. All the privileges of Christ have been given to you. Don't be afraid. The full provision of every need. You have everything you need. Everything you need. Learn to be content. We search. I need more to make you happy. No, you don't. You need a relationship with God. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Word of God. The body of believers. You got everything you need. Why do we worry? You have the full pardon of sins. Isn't that awesome? I, of all the things we, the biggest thing we need is our sins forgiven if you're in Christ and you're a disciple your sins have been forgiven don't you walk around and tell somebody you know I just want to say my sins are been forgiven you're worrying I'm going through a lot but my sins are forgiven it's okay I'm going to be okay I'm not sure about this bill i got to do some things to do about that but my sins are forgiven I'm going to go to heaven that's actually pretty powerful we say it so much we don't, it doesn't even hit our hearts We have the full love and favor of God, but we can go on and on, but when we worry, it resurfaces fears. you got to remember truth in the midst of those fears. The last thing here. Anybody going through worry right now? Some, they're worrying about something? Am I, all right, the last thing here. you to come up to one side. Worry, relocate your Focus. You know it goes on; it ends off here. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purchase for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no boss destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When we begin worrying about things of this world, we we replace our focus on heaven and then relocate to things of this world. When we worry, you know what happens? We get attached more to this world. We get attached more to money. We get attached more to things. Like your focus should be on God and the things that are eternal, things that are permanent, the things of I want to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven. We should be thinking our, mind, our feet are here, but our mind should be set in heaven. I want to be with you. But when we worry, it's, it relocates our focus from here to things of this world. Now let me ask you this question: What does Satan want more than anything? He wants to relocate your focus. He wants you to get your focus off of heaven and focus on his kingdom, this world. The Bible says in Revelation 12, he knows his time is short. So he says, no my time is short. If I can get them to focus on this world and things and people and all the things around them, then wow, I can get them. He wants to take your focus off of the ultimate treasure and focus on treasures that will die, rust, be destroyed, so when we worry, your focus goes away from God, and it becomes on things in this world. You know, as we, you know, some of the things that help. How do we stay focused? Then, how do we stay focused on the eternal? You got to stay in God's Word. It is true. If you're not in God's Word, your perspective in life will change. The thing that helps me the most is I'm reading through the Bible, and I read, and I'm studying all things. It helps me to stay focused upward. Not downward. People who don't read their word and they're not in the Bible and the word is not in their hearts, they tend to focus more on the worldly things. It's just reality. Even when they go through hard things, when we got the word in us, we think, but God can, but God will, but God is able. When we're not in God's word, then I must. It's me. I must be able. I must do. We got to stay in God's word. We also got to stay constantly in prayer. Prayer reminds us of the big picture as well. God is awesome. God is amazing. God can. You're my Father in heaven. You care about me. I am praying. I give it all over to you. We gotta stay in prayer. We gotta stay in constant fellowship. This helps me out. It's amazing. I see people. I'm blown away. I see people go through challenges in the church where things are thinking, "Man, I would be so worried about." I'm like, "Man, you're 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 the hero." I don't know how you got because of God. Being in fellowship. I mean, you get to know people and the things they go through and they stay faithful. I'm like, I see um, um, marrieds and something happens, their spouse is not faithful, but they stay faithful. I'm like, those are the heroes. You know, you see people go through stuff and kids and stuff, and yet they stay faithful. I'm like, man, you stick in a fellowship. You see, now that's what faith, I can't always see, what does faith look like? I don't know, but I can look at that person like, man, they haven't given up. That's faith. I need that. You need that. Because the temptation is, worry, worry, no one understands. God understands. Guess what? Somebody in the fellowship understands as well. You know, I read this story. I'll end with this. It's a funny story, I think. If it's not funny, then just laugh with me anyway. It says, um, I recently, or the illustration, read this illustration of the world's ways of seeking after more and more. An American businessman was, at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman docked. Inside the small boat were several large yellow fin tuna. You guys know what a fin tuna is? I know Albert knows what a fin tuna is, don't you, Albert? I don't know what a fin tuna looks like, but I figured it's food and it's good, right? It's big. Okay, there you go. So he goes up and he... <clears throat> So the American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his, of his fish and asked him how long, to, how long it took to catch to, to catch them, And he replied, only a little while. And the American then asked, well, why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? And the Mexican said that he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The American then asked, well, but what do you, but what do, you do with the rest of your time? And, he, and, the, and the fisherman said, oh, I sleep late, I fish a little, play with my children, take siestas with my wife Maria, stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play my guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. The American scoff, I'm a Harvard MBA, and I could help you. You should spend more time fishing, and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. And with the proceeds from there, I mean, buy a bigger boat, and you can, then you can have several boats. Eventually. You have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you will sell directly to the processor, eventually owning your own, your own business. You will control the product, processing, and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then to LA, and then eventually to New York City, where you will run your own expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman asked, but senor, how long will this take? Well, the American replied, about 15 to 20 years. But what then, senor? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce a stock offer, sell your company, stock to the public, and become very rich. You will have millions, millions, senor. Then what? The American says, then you'll retire, move to a small coastal fishing village where you will sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take siestas with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings, where you could sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. And I read it, I thought, it's so true. I'm worrying to get ahead, but God has given you everything you need already. And we worry about so many things, and sometimes we can miss what God is doing right now, and we give in to worry. Let's not give in to worry. Let's have great faith. Let's trust God. Remember the God factor. Worry does more harm to us than it does good. You know the rest of it. It's right there. Amen.